I'm Zim, and you're listening to the Helpful Photographer Podcast in collaboration with New York City Photo Safari. To register for a safari, please visit NewYorkCityPhotoSafari.com. This is part one of a three-part series on organizing your images. Part two will go into strategies for editing thousands of files down to a few manageable images. Part three will cover how to bring them together for a publication using Lightroom Collections. The two most important things you need to know when it comes to organizing your images is that you need to create a strategy and then you need to stick to it. And if that strategy becomes untenable, then change it and then stick to the new one. Unfortunately, what works for one person may not work for another. So as you listen to this podcast, you need to decide which of my strategies work for you and which don't and tweak it as necessary to create your own personal scheme. Once you have a plan, make a flowchart. You can draw this on a piece of paper or you can create a PowerPoint. Regardless of how you do it, make sure it's clear and readily available until you have it memorized. I had my flowchart taped on my wall for a couple of years before I finally didn't need it anymore. Okay, first up, the camera. You probably already know that when you press the shutter button to capture an image, your camera assigns a sequential number to the digital file you just created. Usually, the number is preceded by two or three letters assigned by the camera. Some cameras allow you to change these letters to something that's more meaningful to you. So let's say you're going to New York City for a vacation. You could change the pre-assigned letters to NY or NYC, depending on your camera's capabilities. If you can't change these letters in your camera, then you can do it as you upload into your computer. So don't worry about that just yet. After the letters, the camera will assign a sequential number, and often the camera will let you customize this too. For instance, you can have the camera start over at the number one every time you put a new memory card in the camera, or continuously number the files until it runs out of numbers. Most cameras are capable of counting up to 9,999, at which point it starts over at 1. And for most cameras, you can still force the camera to start over at the number 1 at any time, even if you have set it to number your files continuously. So as you head to New York City for your vacation, you can assign NYC as a prefix and then have it start at number 1. So your first photo would be labeled NYC underscore 0001. But if you left the camera set to continuous numbering, it would be NYC underscore 5389 or wherever the camera left off last. Although this is a good way to stay organized, it's not totally necessary because all of your images will be timestamped by your camera and you can rename it as you upload to your computer. Speaking of which, I would highly suggest that you set the current time in your camera. Okay, now that you have done the shoot, the next step is to get it into your computer. When you bring it into your computer, you'll want to create a specific folder for your images. Don't just dump all of them into the pictures folder created by your operating system. This would be a mess. I would suggest that you create a folder system for all of your images. You can have them organized by date, location, or subject. It doesn't matter. But usually the one that will work best for you is usually the way you like to remember your images. For me, location and client works best. I have a folder for all of my commercial work, and within that, I have a folder for each individual client. If I have multiple projects for a client, I have a folder for each project in that client's folder as well. For my location work, I have a folder for each country and then subfolders for each city the photos were taken in. If a city folder gets too big, I also break it down by year. Now that you have your folder all set and ready to go, it's time to upload your images. When you copy them to your folder, you'll want to rename all the images appropriately. If you did that in your camera and you're satisfied, then you're done. If not, this is the time to do it. 
If you're using Lightroom or converting to DNG in Adobe DNG Converter, the easiest thing to do is probably to assign a new name as the images are being imported or converted. But you can also wait until after you import too. You can also do a batch rename in Adobe Bridge. Here's a note of caution. If you have imported your files into Lightroom without renaming them, and then you decide to do so, you will want to rename them within Lightroom and not outside of Lightroom. Otherwise, Lightroom won't be able to find those files again. As for file names, I like to make sure that my files are renamed with something that is meaningful to me. Because if I look at a list of file names with no thumbnail, and the file name was left to whatever the camera assigned, it means absolutely nothing to me. So just as with naming folders, I have a naming convention for all of my files too. For my commercial work, I like to use the client's name, then an underscore, followed by a unique sequential number for each image. If you are naming files outside of your camera, you will be able to dictate how many digits the file will have. In other words, the number of leading zeros. The question is, what am I talking about and why does it matter? Let's go back to your camera. The first image you take in your camera will be assigned the number 0001. That's a total of four digits with three leading zeros. It will replace a zero as it needs two. So then the number 10 will be 0010 with two leading zeros. When you rename your images in your computer, you need to take this into account and consider how many digits you might need. In the beginning, I thought I would never go over 10,000 images for any single subject, so I assigned all of my images four digits. Well, as it turns out, I was wrong. So now I'm assigning all my images five digits, which will allow me to get to 99,999 images before I run out of numbers. But why not just start with one digit, and then go to two digits when you get to 10, and three digits when you get to 100? Why add leading zeros at all? Unfortunately, not all programs will do that. In my version of Bridge, if I don't tell it to add leading zeros, it will repeat the first number and then add a suffix of parentheses one at the end when it needs two digits. In other words, the file number for 10 would not be one zero. Instead, Bridge makes it one parentheses one. 11 would be two parentheses one, and so on, because I didn't tell it to have more than one digit. Yeah, that's pretty annoying. But even if your system is willing to assign the file number 10 as 10 and 11 as 11 and 12 as 12, etc., without a leading zero, there's yet another potential problem. When we ask computer systems to sort sequentially, it often reads the number alphabetically. Yeah, you heard that right, alphabetically. Let me explain. Instead of displaying the files 1 through 9, and then 10 after 9, and 11 after 10, it would display the file number 1, followed by 10 and 11, before displaying a file labeled 2. Did you catch that? Let's say you have 21 images. Files 1 through 9 are single digit, while 10 through 21 have two digits, as you might expect. In an alphabetical system, your files would be displayed as number 1, followed by 10, 11, 12, through 19, followed by file number 2, 20, 21, then finally 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9. So you see the problem, right? But if I've lost you, read the transcript for this podcast at nycphotosafari.com. It'll make more sense when you see it visually. On the other hand, if you had a leading zero so that files 1 through 9 read 01, 02, 03, and so on, your system would display the images sequentially as you would expect. For the most part, most computer systems have been programmed to stop reading numerical numbers alphabetically, but not all programs or systems are so smart. That's why I always take the conservative route and number my files with leading zeros. But wait, 
What about the idea of not renumbering or renaming your files at all? I know people who do this and they're pretty successful because their files are timestamped by the camera and you can further meta tag your images in Lightroom, which does make it easier to locate a file and it's not a hot mess. But I think there are too many potential problems with not renumbering or renaming your files, not the least of which is running out of numbers. It's obvious I think a naming and numbering convention for your folders and files is important and should be a part of your overall organizational strategy. But as I said from the beginning, what works for me may not work for you. Lastly, that flowchart I mentioned at the beginning, it should include not only how you name your files and folders, it should also contain your backup strategy, which was in podcast number eight. Okay, that's it. Hopefully your images are neatly organized and you're ready for the next step. How to edit them down to just the best ones. That's the next podcast. Until next time, keep on shooting.